I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Bowie. He has a pituitary tumor. Let's talk about it. It'll just be one second. You're like, uh, <clears throat> thank you. Jeff, get off the phone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Try to run. receive an email from the client. <laughs> it totally just cut out. We have to restart. We have to restart. Can you resend that? <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, well, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Mm, cool. Uh, what's up, Bowie? Uh, hey, guys. What's, what's your deal, man? What are you here to talk to us about? Oh, I'm here to talk to you about um, pituitary tumors. Pituitary tumors. Yeah, or um, macro... I don't know the technical term. I'm not going to try. No, the, well, I know whatever. pituitary tumor. Yeah, pituitary tumor. So macro something. Yeah. <laughs> Macaroni. Yeah. Macaroni. Uh, so you you have a pituitary tumor or you have pituitary tumors or... I have a tumor around my pituitary gland. That's <sighs> the way it works. Okay. Yeah. Um, so your your pituitary gland is in your it's in your head. It's your like head. right behind your eyes. Oh, and what? Like really? Your ears, like right, like right in the middle of your in the head. Center is yeah. is it kind of like peanut shaped? <sighs> yeah, exactly. It's like right this tiny little thing the size of your pinky fingernail, and it controls like all your hormones and stuff. I hadn't I didn't even know what it was until I had this. Well, it's like I, the, it's like the master gland. I yeah. thought so. What are the glands underneath your jaw? Like like where you're like kind of by your jugular. You have a shit ton of glands, though. glands yeah. in your body. Uh, well, so I thought those were the pituitary glands, I'll but Google I guess it. not. I guess they're not. They're no. th- oh, that's the thyroid <laughs> gland. Yes. Right. Ah, thyroid that's gland you're is about. down in your throat yeah. somewhere or near your throat? Yeah, I think it's like up in here. You're right there? Oh, right. I think you're right. If I'm not mistaken, you're... Your pituitary gland is uh, like the control center in here. your brain for all the glands in your body. Like yep. they're like the ones like boom, sending out the signals like release hormones here, yeah. here, 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 and all the other glands in it's your the, body. It's uh-huh. the master. Uh-huh. It's the master. Uh-huh. And mine is affecting my thyroid as well, actually. So let's, I guess let's kind of go back. Um, how old are you? Uh, I'm 27. 27. Yep. Good looking 27 year old man. Thank you. Uh, the hair is looking great. It looks, looks great. You're kind of my long locks. Yeah. You, I think you should replace Taylor since he cut his hair. We need a, we need a second <laughs> long hair guy. So bye Taylor. But um, we need more normies on the show. We can't have too many sick people. That's, We've that's got to right. accurately represent the sick population. Mm. That's right. Keep the ratios. So you're 27. <laughs> 27. Uh, and I'm guessing this pituitary tumor thing is kind of new for you. Uh, like maybe, maybe, uh, like a year and a half old for me. Okay. Uh, it's been there. God knows how long. So it's, it could have been there much longer years. I'm, I, I'm guessing it has been. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, benign, benign, 
Pituitary tumors are usually benign. Okay. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, I had no idea when I found out, though. But the way I found out, my nurse came to me after my, my scans and was like, we found a tumor. <clears throat> and then she walked out of the room and I was oh, literally whoa. just like, oh, did no. she know it was benign when she said that? I have no idea. I feel like if you know, you have to accompany the word tumor with benign if it is. <laughs> she, walk, you know, yeah. she walks in, uh, excuse me, sir, you have a tumor. I'll be right back. I, 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 I kind of forget. I don't even think she said I'll be right back. She just literally sure. just like walked out of the room and I thought she was just going to go get a chart or something and she just never came back. She, she could have very well shot herself in that moment and had to go clean up and, and then... Uh, well, isn't she embarrassed yeah. now? But you know what? Um, the What I was going to say is I don't think you can tell if it's malignant or benign unless you have a... Uh, Biopsy. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think, Taylor, that they would they would know that unless they actually dug in there and cut a piece out. Well, uh, I don't think I, you absolutely need to. Yeah, because uh, I don't think all on the brain tumor. tumors can be biopsied. Right. Depends on the tumor. Right. Depends right. on where it is, exactly. if they can go in and get it, right? And so if it's not malignant, and then it's not cancerous. So your struggle isn't uh, with cancer, but no. with the effect that the tumor has on the gland. And yeah, the growth exactly. of the tumor. And the growth, yeah. So it, right. the way I found out is I was getting, one day I just woke up and my vision was weird. And I was like, this is weird. And I thought it was just like a random one-off thing. And then weeks went by, months went by, and I was like, wow, my vision just... It, didn't come back so i like it wasn't like i went blind i just noticed a change and then i booked an appointment with my optometrist and she said no your eyes are healthy everything's fine i was like are you sure and she we redid the tests and yep your eyes are healthy okay and then she gave me glasses like the strongest she could prescribe that wouldn't make me dizzy and fall over she called she called him bubbles from trailer park boy (laughs) she was like excuse me i'm gonna have to take these from you and give them to him (laughs) pretty much did you but did you wear glasses before? I did when I was younger. I have a stigmatism. Um, okay. And I was always like too embarrassed as a kid to wear them. So I like would always just put them in my pocket on the way to school. And I wore them sometimes. But that's it. Yeah. D- I never really wore them. Is this... Uh, I know that you, you went traveling for a year. Was yes. this pre? This was pre. Your vision was continued to be fucked while you were away? Yeah, it didn't... It wasn't getting worse and worse and worse. Just that one day, it was like not as good. And, and that was, it, just it was like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, I want to take a second here to come back to the pituitary tumor thing. I, it's one of those things that, um, because I was just sitting here going, what is the pituitary gland? Like what, like, you know, benign tumors, cancerous tumors. Like I, I, I kind of want to just sort of fire this off because I feel like it will help me just with, um, like the conversation going forward and also just putting a little bit of context into what we're, we're talking about. I just quickly Googled pituitary tumor um, so a pituitary tumor is an abnormal growth in the pituitary gland, which is, that's pretty standard, right? Uh, the pituitary gland is a small gland in the back of the brain, regulates the body's balance of hormones. Okay. We already talked on that. Here's something super fucking crazy though. Uh, as you said, most pituitary tumors are non-cancerous up to 20% of people have pituitary tumors. Whoa. Yeah. That is a Fucking fuck massive percentage of <laughs> human beings. Crazy common. So, so like you could have one and never know. That's There's, the thing. Most people that's don't over know. a many million of these, people. Many of these tumors do not cause symptoms and are never diagnosed during the person's lifetime. There are. There's probably one of us in this room with a pituitary tumor. 
I don't know. It's I bet you that's uh, well, why. It, the stat is one in five, and there's only four of us right now, so okay. it's unlikely. Sure. We can't be good. sure. <laughs> uh, so they, the, the pituitary gland is a. Oh, never mind. Yeah, okay, cool. It's part uh, of the uh, endocrine yeah. system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all Google. That's it. Super crazy. That is <laughs> that is super crazy though. Thank you for coming in, Bowie. Uh, we're just gonna sit here and Google your shit and talk about it without you. I was like, I think, man, you know more than I do. <laughs> I think I think the joke there, Jer, was that we have someone in the room who has. No, it. I know, I know, I know. But that was I, I didn't even realize I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I think that was for that was just for myself to, and I think for maybe some of the listeners. No, I think that helps. Just yeah. to you know, put some put some. It does help. I'm just behind ready. it. Um. So. You're like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that the way that you would like with the way symptoms would present themselves are different from person to person, depending on the size of the, the exactly. tumor and, and whatever was yours only really coming through based on this, like the vision thing and the, and the headaches. Yeah. Or was there, were, or were any of your like hormones being kind of imbalanced and fucked up or do you know? I, I didn't notice any hormonal issues. Actually, it was just, just my headaches and it, I wasn't even thinking my vision when I was in the hospital. It's just like, man, like my headaches, like, I don't know if it's anything. I just want to be here so you can tell me it's nothing and I can go home and sleep easy. And then I got there and somehow it came out that I had vision troubles in the last year. And then that's what they picked up on that with the headaches. So then they started looking for like a pituitary tumor. Right. That was the red flag. And that was it. So you go in for these test how do like how did they find out that you had a tumor was it a cat scan yeah i did a i did a ct scan initially and then um they found like something but it wasn't clear enough so then i did two mris after that and then they clearly found the tumor and when you we've talked about this a couple times but particularly with with guests that have had cancer um and like the whole bedside manner like how do you tell someone you have cancer you know what's the what's the appropriate way of dropping that 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 you know really heavy news on someone that's going to change their life forever? The nurse comes in and just says, uh, "Hi, uh, Bowie, you have a tumor in your head," and then leaves. What, like, what was that? What was that? What was that moment? It was it was devastating. I I remember sitting on the bed. I was alone first of all because. Um, off topic for a second, Brittany, my girlfriend, she was in the valley with her family and she was talking to her brother and her brother was telling this crazy story about his best friend who went to the hospital randomly because he had headaches and they found a tumor and they literally found it a week just in time. Otherwise, he was going to die a week later if they didn't find it then. So he, she was like, oh, Bowie has a bunch of headaches. I should tell him this. And she said, Jesus. this happened to my brother's friend. You should go to the hospital and get it checked out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And eventually... She pushed me to go, and I just went after work one night at like 10 o'clock and sat in the waiting room all night, and then 6 o'clock in the morning, I finally get dragged in there, and they say, so you have headaches, and she just pulled me aside and was like, so we found we found something. We don't know what it is yet. Um, we're going to get you in to do a CT scan, and then go from there, and then we did the CT scan. She's like, yeah, there's definitely something there. Um what are, what are you thinking at that time? Are you thinking that that's something could, could be a tumor? Honestly, at this moment, I wasn't thinking anything. I was trying to just keep an open mind, like not get myself worried, just be chill and find out in two hours and just be patient. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like it could just be, could just be something like a piece of dust on the screen or something. So I was just like, whatever. A piece of dust that found its that's, way into my pituitary. That's plane. how it happens. <laughs> it starts with dust. It starts with dust. <laughs> so then I had my MRI and she said, there's definitely something there. 
um, but we're not sure. For some reason, I had to do a second MRI because the first one, like, something malfunctioned. And I guess that's why I thought there was dust, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and then I did my second one, and I remember it took a lot longer for her to come back and talk to me. So I was just sitting on my bed in my wicked gown, and... <laughs> She came in. She's like, "Okay, so um, close your gown, <laughs> please, <laughs> yeah. sir." So it's after on I close my gown, sir, <laughs> you don't wear it that way. It's not a cape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> couldn't resist. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. So she said, uh, "We found something. Uh, looks like you have a tumor." And I, I was just sitting there like, "Oh," and then she just walked out. And that was it. And was I, she, did she say it like as if she was about to add to that, and then she just or there was a very defined period. At she the even end of that. said, "And you have a tumor, and <laughs> one one sec." <laughs> I'll come back to that. Uh, no, she. Well, I, th- I don't remember her saying "and," and I could be remembering this completely wrong because in that moment, right, everything skewed. For and sure. Someone tells you you have a tumor. Maybe I just blanked, and she proceeded to tell me everything I ever needed to know, and I was right. just like, yeah. just staring at the wall. But I just remember her walking out and being like, is there more? Like, do I, like, is this like... What now? What now? Yeah. What, now? what do I do? Like, So what did you do? Yeah. How, yeah. Yeah. how well, was that resolved? I, I sat there for a second and I, I I just took the moment and I was like, this. as soon as I tell my family and friends, like, they're going to freak out. So I just took that extra moment, gave them that, like, moment of peace. Like, they didn't know it at the time. It was 7 o'clock in the morning and I just sat there and was like, okay... Uh, I got to make some phone calls. And I sat in my bed and I called Brittany, who was in the valley at the time. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm at the hospital. And she's like, oh, okay, awesome. Like, how'd it go? I was like, well, they found a tumor. And she was just like, you could, just, I could hear her heart drop through Ugh. the phone. And she was That's devastated. So, so she you made sped. these calls before even knowing. Yeah. Right. You were just like, uh, I, I guess everyone just has to know. Yeah. I just said, hey, like this is happening right now. I don't, I'm not saying you need to be here. I'm fine right now, but obviously she wanted to be there and she drove from the Valley to the Halifax in like 20 minutes and just like sped. Yeah. Maybe not 20 minutes, but it was fast. Yeah. And she just came and hung out with me in the hospital while they did more tests. Cause I mean, you got to let people know cause it, cause regardless benign or malignant, yeah. it's serious business. It's a yeah. tumor. So when did you find like how, at what point where did you find out that it was benign uh later in that afternoon so i i don't remember why but i sat in the hospital i must have been waiting on other tests or something it was later on in that afternoon maybe one or two o'clock and they moved me upstairs and i had my own room just hanging out and the team of neurosurgeons came in and they all like sat there and sat me down and discussed procedures that i could go through and the initial one was they were going to have to cut a hole like the size of a toonie in my forehead and just go in with like a probe and like inject me with this radioactive stuff they had to ship in from France. Uh, it's called yttrium. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar. No. no I, and it I was supposed to just like yttrium. attach itself to the tumor and just kill everything. And they said, yep, uh, we're just going to do that. But you have to be awake for the surgery because it's so close to your optic nerves and there's so many things that could go wrong. We need you to stay awake to tell us if we do anything wrong and oh I'm God. just freaking out. Like 
That's nuts. Whoa. And that was so heavy. And then, that's my vision. That's my vision. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. Dude, I gotta be awake. That's nuts. They so they're saying you need to be awake for this because there's such a high risk of us fucking up that we need to know exactly when we fuck up. More or less, yeah. Wow. Whoa. If, I, if they like hit one of my optic nerves or something, I guess there's no way of them actually knowing unless right. I am awake to say This is for the y- yttrium to say yeah, like, I can't see anymore. Yo, yttrium is fucking crazy. Look this looks nuts. It looks like is it green? It, no, well, the it looks exactly like krypton or kryptonite except it's gray. Yttrium is a chemical element with the symbol Y and atomic number 39. It fucking looks like a really like sharp silver like it could it would make a pretty solid looking weapon i think similar to <laughs> unobtainium yeah yeah exactly uh that's crazy so they would just like like what i guess like liquefy or something and put it in you i have no what idea what the fuck does y- yttrium do i guess it. i uh, yeah i i was tumors. just like yeah okay so is this safe like am i gonna like gain like i actually literally asked am i gonna gain superpowers from this and they were they were like no you're an idiot <laughs> well, um, has no no this is known, not a laughing matter bowie <laughs> the yttrium has no like, known I'm biological serious. role and exposure to yttrium compounds can cause lung disease in humans so we're just gonna put this in your head uh yeah. just don't you worry about a thing don't google yttrium just so, don't google so the yttrium. the procedure is not to not to go in and get the tumor it's to it's to Put the yttrium in that's exactly. going to affect it's, the tumor. It's to give way. the tumor lung disease. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's give the tumor a disease. So is this is shrink, to shrink it? Yeah. It, it would eventually shrink it and it would just kind of go away and disappear. Um, but then later on that afternoon, they came back again and said, oh, wait, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go in through your nose. Um, we're going to crack your nose open and just pull it out through your nose. Surgically remove it through your nose. And I was like... Well, that sounds better than the yttrium. Do you get to go to, you get to, like go to sleep e- for that? Sounds like an episode of X-Files. Dude, I'm just imagining Dude. being awake and someone pulling something out of my nose. What's, what's that time like? So you said that you were in the hospital in the morning right. and there until like one o'clock, at least when the first doctor sees you. But like like you said, you are you feel healthy otherwise, like other than these headaches yep. and, the, and, the loss, and the shaky vision in the morning. So what's it like to sit there feeling healthy but knowing there's something growing inside of you and just having to wait i i don't even know it's it's like me telling you right now brian you have a brain tumor how do you feel you you feel the same and you're just thinking like what's going to happen in the future like what's going to happen this year is like am i going to have to like quit my job move back home hypotheticals financial like everything like all at once it's just boom taking over your thoughts and then you feel fine at the same time. You feel healthy. Wow, that's that's crazy. I can imagine that. So yeah. then, so then, did so? Which uh, option do they end up going with? Uh, neither. They came back to me a third time later in that afternoon, probably four o'clock now. So I was in. I went to the hospital around like ten or eleven p.m. after work one night and just sat around. I knew I was going to be there forever. Like some guy goes in with a headache, he's going to be sitting in the ER waiting for a long time. So I just made a nest on one of the couches. Laid there, watched some TV, um, hung out, and took a nap. And eventually at 7, they called my name. I went in and then found out through the MRI and stuff that I had the tumor. And then I went up to another room and sat around there for a while, talked to my family. And then around noon, 1-ish, they told me the yttrium. And then around like probably 2, 2.30, they decided to come at me with pulling it through my nose. 
and then <laughs> it's like they're going yeah. away. They're going. What else could we do? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe stick a thing up his nose and uh, what about pulling out of his ass? Is, is <laughs> it really makes you wonder what happens when they leave ass? the room. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I guess at, at what is it three o'clock? We can tell him the ass thing at three, and then uh, uh, what else? Anybody else got anything? <laughs> yeah, that's I think that's what happened. <laughs> so so, so sure the third option it. then? What was the third option? The third option they were going to try meds, and they said we. We can try meds. Uh, they might work. They might not. It all depends on what type of pituitary tumor you have because I guess there's a bunch of different kinds, mm-hmm. which I know nothing about. Um, I just know mine is a uh, macroprolactinoma. That's a big word. Yeah, that's a big word. Right, right, right. Macro, um, macaroni. So, <laughs> macaroni. Right. Right, of course, <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, so, which means uh, my body was producing way more prolactin than it should. Um, prolactin being the hormone that produces breast milk. Um, so my body ah, potentially we, could have been producing a shit ton of you, breast milk. We're very, you, we're very you could familiar. Have been one of those, uh, one of those women on Ma- uh, Mad Max. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's like just yeah. sitting in the thing, just getting pumped. That's the actually time. the third treatment. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy would have volunteered to drink it. <laughs> actually, sure. uh, the three of us drank uh, breast milk last week. No way, really? Yeah. yeah. On the show. How was show. it? It was, it was, it was very nice. Very it was airy and light yeah. uh, with a, a hint of sweetness. Um, so, but they didn't go with any of those, those options. No, because my, my blood work came back and they saw that my prolactin levels were through the roof. Um, I don't know what these numbers mean, but my prolactin level was at like 12, like 1278 or something. And the normal level for like a mid-aged guy or 27-year-old guy is... Between, Zero <laughs> between three and nineteen, and mine was at twelve hundred. Whoa. Whoa! Holy so fuck! I so pretty much, had, yeah. You're just squirting Jesus. milk out of your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Is stop. that a th- is that a thing? Have you ever lactated? No, <laughs> never. I. <laughs> they're like we can we can probably milk the tumor out of his nipples. <laughs> well, I wonder if you I wonder if you could though. I wonder if if there was enough stimulation if you could lactate because of the pro prolactin. Uh, if if my levels were still that high, I would totally be up for trying it just for science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right here, right now. Yeah. So uh, okay, well, I guess we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but there they they fixed that then that your levels your numbers have kind of leveled off my numbers have come way down actually um right now uh last time i checked which was god must have been three months ago four months ago we they were down to like 30 or something okay. like that. how do you check uh i get my blood work done every couple months okay and then they check everything um so they they find out that you've got like crazy prolactin buildup yep. um it, it, is that what, 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 what's the decision to make them go, okay, well, we're not going to do anything. The, uh, since my prolactin was that high, I guess it was kind of a red flag. Like his pituitary tumor is the kind that it's a prolactinoma. Uh, so there's micro prolactinoma where you're producing less and macro where you're producing way more. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I was producing way more and people who have had this in the past, they respond really well with medication. So they came in uh, later that afternoon and said, you know what? Scratch those other things. We're just going to give you some meds and you're going to be on your way. Whoa. And I was just like... Were you elated? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was expecting them to come back in the room again with like, we're going to have to pull through your toenail or something. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they 
That's, we have to amputate. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> amputate my head? <laughs> Why? It's okay. It's okay. You will live in a jar. Uh, <laughs> you won't have to breathe anymore. It's fine. But your brain will still work. Um, so you, like, you, did they give you the drugs and you're good? Like that That was it? It was just like... More or less, yeah. They. I'm you, still goodbye. trying to get the levels right for the dosages and stuff. Um, so right now I'm taking... I started off taking a drug called bromocryptine. Um, I know, super cool. <laughs> yeah, I was stoked when I heard the name. Yeah. Uh, also, testosterone to kind of boost my testosterone and kind of combat the prolactin, and uh, synthroid to help with my thyroid. Hmm. Oh yeah. And the the bromocryptine, one right. of the side effects is like super dizziness and like you have to take it and go to bed pretty much because you can't function. And one night, and that happens to you, like when you take you get pretty dizzy. Yeah, right now yeah. my body's kind of gotten used to it. Okay. But uh, when I first went on this. I woke up one night to go to the bathroom after oh, it was like middle of the night after I'd taken <clears> my meds and I remember washing my hands and going to walk out the door and I woke up on the floor and there's blood everywhere and what I just fainted fuck? and smoked my head on the door. Oh fuck. And Brittany just heard a big thump and came running and was like, what are you doing? And she opened the door and there was blood all over the floor. I'm holding my nose because I think my nose is bleeding. And I'm like, oh, my nose is bleeding. Like it didn't hurt. I just, there was just blood everywhere. And I was like, I just got to like get some Kleenex. And I put Kleenex under my nose and it, it just kept coming out. And I was like, what is going on? And then she looked at me and the cut was on my forehead and it was just like pouring out blood. Oh, dude, Whoa. you bleed so bad. I've had uh, two separate cuts on my head up there in the soft skin. And I've had like a total of 15 stitches in my face. Jeez. And that shit bleeds. <laughs> There's a lot of blood like up there. Fucking crazy. Your head bleeds like, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. It yeah. didn't necessarily hurt. There was just a lot no. of blood. Like yeah. Nate Diaz's face when Conor McGregor I was just thinking that. Destroyed <laughs> oh my God. He did yeah. destroy it. Dude, he, he was fucked. Um, uh, it, the tea, uh, were you going to go ahead? I, I was going to ask about the tea, the t- testosterone, but uh, well, if you have a formulated thought, yeah, I do know. now. Uh, so you're the, the bromo krypton, kryptonite, uh, yep. makes you dizzy. Yep. Have you noticed that? So I, I've heard it often referred to as tea testosterone. Like when you take tea, like tea supplements, does yep. that have you noticed that do anything funky like to your sex drive or like or or yeah and i mean it's totally increased sex drive um it's made me like super moody as well which oh, really? britney doesn't like yeah uh, well anyone around me like, kind of aggressive like uh kind of like a teenage boy just kind mm-hmm. of like mad for no reason and like like angsty and shit. yeah exactly and i hate it because in the moment i feel like this is normal like i'm getting so mad at you for I don't know, sitting that way. And it makes so much sense. Like, I can't believe you're sitting that way. That I'm just so mad. And then later on, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I was an idiot. Really? I don't know it's why. It's like overstuffed that trivia. Wow, just Sometimes, yeah. And sometimes I just get super sad about random things. And like, like I'll watch one of those like Amazon commercials. I don't know if you guys have seen. Oh, the, li- the dog yes. with the lion man. And like, uh, uh, yeah. one time I just got super emotional and was like super sad about it. And my emotions are just all over the map, which is, it sucks. Oh, interesting. It's... Yeah, I guess it's you know it's worth worth it if it's going to be. Yeah, and it's again it's trying to find the right levels of everything, and I think sure eventually I'll kind of be normal. Hopefully, and what was the other one that you take? Um, Synthroid. And and so what what is that? What's that for again? Uh, it's to I don't really. It's something for my thyroid. So okay. It's to regulate your thyroid. Is yeah. your is your thyroid? Kyla takes the synthroid. Okay, sure. Okay. Do, is it? Do you are you, do you have low uh, low thyroid um, stimulation or, or yes high? low 
Low. Yeah. So you have hypo, hypothyroidism. Hypo. Yeah. Do you get any? Are there any kind of um, side effects of the from from that one? Um, that me. You I th- I've side effects from a few d- of the different ones. I'm trying to pinpoint the synthroid. I think that one makes me really dehydrated. Um, oh, whoa! That one makes so them, much sense. One of them does. Kyla I, drinks like an abnormal amount of water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So do I. She can I, drink like eight liters a day and like not pee any more yeah whoa geez that's that's really heavy yeah it's nuts so okay so you're taking you're taking like these primarily three medications Yeah, that's it just the three okay and and like is that something you're gonna have to take forever uh i don't know i keep asking my doctor that and he keeps saying we'll see and i think it's a super vague (laughs) because i guess they don't really know too much about pituitary tumors they don't know where it comes from or anything or how long they last or like what even makes them go away it's everything's kind of just like a guessing game and right now they know that these meds kind of work and is it possible for the a pituitary tumor to go away it has happened is, but is the answer he gave me so <laughs> so one of the you know as as silly and goofy as we are we do uh retain some of the information from our of our guests excellent um and uh, one of those little pieces is that you know when you have a tumor located in and around your head, there's a very, there's has to be very specifically placed for them to go in and get it. I'm yep. assuming it's either not serious enough for them to go get it or they can't go get it in your case. Well, your pituitary glands like in the center of your fucking head. So but, right. they, but they did give the option of going in through the yeah. nose and they gave the True, option right. of going through the, but not to, the not to take hole. it out to treat it. I think Bowie has the answer. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 got you, I got you covered. So ding, ding, ding. the, they can do it with surgery. It's totally possible. But with my case specifically, it's not worth the risk because right now it's responding really well to the meds. Right. So they're like, well, we could do it, but there's a really big risk. Why, yeah. Why risk it? Messing if, things up in your head when you can just take these meds and eventually it will hopefully go away. If not, you're totally manageable. Right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. So, like, man, looking at this whole experience um, on a larger scale, knowing and and being being afraid, um, I guess in the, in the middle of that day when you're, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this, but I guess just knowing that there's that potential that this could, I don't know, possibly if things got really bad, take your life. Like, did this? Did it change your? How did it change your perspective? On living oh I don't know it's it's tough because when I came home from traveling I was already in a huge life shift anyways um so I kind of I guess it was yeah kind of good timing which was like I'm also I was pretty much open to anything like wherever life takes me now like I'm just gonna go with it and life just kind of took me to the QE2 and (laughs) (laughs) I went with that so here I am now but I right now I I'm just going with it. It's not really slowing me down or anything. It's just there. It sucks because like my moods and stuff and it kind of makes me drowsy a lot and hard to focus on things. But besides that, it's 
Is that your biggest obstacle? Yep. Trying to focus on any, like right now I'm back at school trying to finish that up and it's just so tough to focus on any schoolwork when you're there. Why? And what's causing that? Uh, I think it's the, the, the drugs or the drugs. Yeah. Like the meds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not the tumor kind of pressing up against your focus centers or anything no, like that. But that being said, I don't know if I've mentioned um, the optic nerves go right, right under your brain or right under, maybe under your brain. Maybe I'm getting this completely wrong. They go right over your pituitary tumor. And when like I had my tumor, it was growing upwards, which is pushing up on my nerves. And that's what caused the vision problems. Mm. A lot of people, it doesn't grow upwards to give people that signal. So a lot of people will just have a big tumor in their head and they won't know. They don't even know. Yeah. Is it shrinking? Is the tumor shrinking because of the, because of the number, the, uh, the, the prolactin numbers going down? Uh, no, the prolactin numbers going down is an effect of the tumor shrinking. So it's kind of backwards to that. The bromocryptine, I'm actually on a different one now. Um, it's called cabergoline. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so I started I started with bromocryptine, um, which is, a, I don't know, super good drug for pituitary tumors. And the other option to that is cabergoline, which is cabergoline. way better. It's way more effective, but it's way more expensive. So uh-huh. I didn't have any coverage when I came home. And they said, well, we're going to give you the cheap one and see what happens. Luckily for me, it responded well. Uh, when I did get coverage, I switched to cabergoline which has very similar side effects and everything. It just works a lot better and you don't have to take it every day. You just take it twice a week. How do you, what's oh, your, sorry. where do you get the coverage from? What's, what did the, uh, right now I have coverage through school and the government. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Man, Canada, Canada versus the whole thing. You yeah. get coverage through school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Uh, it's worked into your, um, your student fees, student areas. fees. Yeah. And you can opt out of it. When I opted out of my coverage, you get like a check. It was like a two hundred dollar check, and uh, I went and got my nipple pierced the first year. <laughs> that's a really that's responsible. Really good. That's use really good. It was, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um. So, how much? Like, how much are we talking? Like, when you had to pay for the the uh, Burka Ripple night, um, <laughs> how much were you paying for that? <laughs> um. See, I don't know. There were the the first time I got it, it was like four hundred dollars for my little. Whoa. capsule thing and that's like a month supply oh Whoa. but i've i remember looking it up i was like how much do these things cost like without the coverage without all this other stuff like how much is just a pill just for like comparison wise and then the bromocryptine was like four dollars a pill or something like that oh wow and the cabergoline that i'm on now it's like 25 dollars a pill uh, which is just ridiculous martin Scre- martin screlli owns the, owns the second one dude uh, <laughs> my the d- digestive enzymes that i take uh whenever i eat i have to take uh they up my number i gotta take six or seven now with meals um those last i heard those are a dollar a pill so i take like seven of those per meal per meal so i blast through a bottle in like less just under five days if my bottle has like a hundred of them that's in insane there. dude that's so much money isn't that crazy hundred dollars a fuck i love work week hundred dollars yeah. a bottle yeah. dude you're so good at math <laughs> thank dude, you he's got a calculator you know what that actually was really <laughs> impressive jerry i know that you struggle with thank that stuff sometimes much. thank you very much <laughs> it means a lot uh, but that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. It's and like, super you know, expensive. I, it's living in Nova Scotia, being a Canadian, it's, man, it feels goddamn yeah, good. Yeah, and I, to I know had just come home from traveling and I had no money. I was yeah. broker than ever. Like, 
you come home from traveling, you come home in debt usually. And I had no job and I was given this prescription with this crazy expensive medication and I just didn't know what to do. And eventually I got coverage, which was awesome. But it was just like a kick in the nads, man. Yeah. But until then you were just a, you're just a stupid freeloader. Yeah. Loved it. Send him back. Send him back to where he came from. <laughs> Piece of shit. You know it's, what I'm saying? It's, Trump it's, Nation, y'all. Trump Nation. <laughs> oh, God. It's, uh, it's funny. Well, no, it's not funny to think. It's, it's interesting um, to think of like the, like the levels of healthcare around the world. Like when we, oh my God, when yeah. we think about healthcare here, how you can walk into a hospital and get oftentimes get prescriptions for expensive medications for free, walk out of there and, and have it with you. And it's so accessible. And then you go even just south of the border to the United States and, and you walk into the same <coughs> types of hospitals, albeit private ones, where when you walk out with prescriptions, it'll cost you oftentimes a shit ton of money. Yeah. And then you think of third world countries where you can't even access hospitals and access medication at all and like yeah you have to go to a witch doctor and and give her your testicles and she <laughs> mashes them up and puts them in a paste yeah and then you rub that paste on your face and hopefully it works <laughs> i was uh, i was i was watching i was watching michael moore's uh, newest documentary yesterday it's called where where to invade next and he basically goes to a bunch of developed nations and picks uh, little pieces that are a part of their government uh, government policies that that America sh- that he thinks America should adopt, and uh, he doesn't even touch on healthcare because he's going to places that have like very unique things that are unique to that country that are really cool for their people, and he like doesn't education even, or something education like different yeah. ways to educate uh, vacation um, policies and stuff like that, and he doesn't even touch on healthcare because it's just such a global like obviously <laughs> we should have healthcare. It's like every developed nation has. Fucking healthcare workers. I don't understand why they don't. It doesn't make it, any sense. It is so fascinating. And now, now we're getting into a, a you know fucking what's America sucks podcast. Well, but. <laughs> no, you know what's interesting though? I I, I lived in a country where <laughs> private healthcare worked in in the UAE. Um, UAE is was, a very it's like an an, it's an anecdote. Certainly, but the way that healthcare works there is you it's it's only private healthcare, but every expat that's there is there on a working visa or yeah. the spouse of a, of somebody who's there on a working visa and poverty and isn't a thing there. Companies are well, obligated. Slavery is a thing, not poverty. Yeah. Poverty. I was say, there's yeah. poverty, but it's the people that are forced to be there to build all the buildings. Po- not yeah. po- but the not poverty back. the way that we know poverty. No, yeah. but employers are obli- <laughs> legally obligated to provide healthcare to their employees. So I was there on with private healthcare but it f- always felt like it was public healthcare. Like I would only right. ever, I would pay 20 bucks if I wanted to go to the hospital. They would write me a, a slip and my healthcare was covered minus like a $20 fee for dropping in regardless of how much my prescription was, which was great. Like it worked really well. But in the United States, in a country with over 300 million people and and like it's income disparity and and but, but also poverty. like but that also, doesn't work the united states the, the united states is a, there's a mentality down there there i mean there's a large portion of the the population that carries a mentality that 
handouts are not a totally. fucking thing. If you, you can't get it done yourself, then, then you don't deserve then to get it. You don't it. deserve it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but you're right. This is uh, turning into a different <laughs> podcast, which is not something that we are. I mean, we're not, we're barely qualified to do the podcast we already do. Uh, <laughs> the nation is sick. The nation of the United States is sick. Uh, we love y'all in America. Um, so, so how are things now? I guess you're. Yeah, I mean, you look great. You know, you you seem like you took this whole thing in stride. Um, Aside from being a, a moody, a moody, <laughs> uh, you know, little bitch. You were, uh, were going to say little girl, weren't you? And I was going to say little bitch, but then I stopped and I was like, no, just say it anyway, little bitch. Uh, <laughs> say it anyway, Jeremy, you little bitch. Um, so, like, has it, like, what it, I, I guess, I guess what I want to know is what has your pituitary gland taken from you and what has it given you? Ooh, it's, it's. It's taken my control over my emotions, first of all, uh, which is super tough to live with. Um, and it's given me, I don't know, it's just take everything, take everything day by day. Mm-hmm. Don't plan next week because who knows what will happen. Don't plan. Well, I mean, you can. It kind of <laughs> makes sense sometimes. But for me, I, I just, get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I go day to day. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it for me and for my situation. Is it? Is it? easier for you to be present now or is there these like waves of of kind of like contemplation about the future that just come with the territory of of living with something as intense as a tumor in your head it totally comes in waves some some days i'm right there i'm focused on everything on what's going on on the moment and other days i'll just sit and zone out and think about the possibilities of what's going to happen next what like am i going to lose my leg next week or 10 years from now am i going to get some other thing that's not even invented yet um yeah. and i just i think some, yeah i think that um you, you said something earlier uh, about um perspective change and and you talk about traveling and how even in in the time that you were going through like this diagnosis you were also feeling the effects of perspective change based on experiences with traveling and and that's something that i can definitely relate to yeah. and for me, it's there's there's these lessons that I've I've learned in, in exploring and venturing around the world that have 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 like really changed the person that I am. But even that being said, there are there are moments where I forget those lessons. I forget those things that I've learned and I, I have to I'm forced to like reflect and and try to try to be like in in a moment where or in a time where I'm feeling I feeling down or feeling like I've lost that lesson. I need to like really try to like proactively think about that again and meditate on that so I can bring that back and, and incorporate it back into my life. Thank God for Facebook memories, you know? Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Dude, Facebook yeah. memories. That's the best. I actually like it. I love Facebook, Facebook. memories. Uh, I'm not, well, I was I was kind of kidding, but not really kidding. Like, <laughs> you know, feature. you get those, you get that little pop up. I was like, Hey, uh, just so you know, three years ago, you met Taylor in Brazil at a yoga teacher training. And it's like, oh, whoa. Yeah, this is crazy. That was a lot longer it than was, three years yeah, ago, Jer. So that really hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, but you're like, what you're, it's like, we said it before. It's like, uh, it's like being clean or keeping your house clean or staying motivated. It doesn't just happen and then it stays. You're always unless gonna, you're unless you're like you got a re type, you know, or someone who's just like a total neat freak. But no, still, that's, that's what analogy, I mean. They're though. still they're still reupping all the time. That's that's what that's what makes them a type. Right. They keep on Staying, keep. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. Have you, like you always have to re up on it all the time. It doesn't just happen. And then that's that. 
Um, well, do you, man, do you have uh, do you have anything else that you want to bring up? I know you got. Yeah, I well, kind of. I brought I brought a notepad because again, I suck at focusing, so I was hoping that would kind of help me remember things. But one thing I did want to say is, for me, talking about it is tough. Not because I'm a, like a super emotional person. I'm not scared to like get level with people. But yeah. um, this podcast is about being sick and talking about it. Which yeah, is, it's it's tough. Yeah, I don't like. What, do is, you, what do you find tough about it? Like, what do you find tough? T- uh, I don't talk to a lot of people about this, but I don't, I just don't know how to bring it up. I'm not like, oh man, like it's like game last night. I have a tumor and it was <laughs> yeah. just such a crazy throw and I just couldn't yeah. believe it. And then yeah. hopefully well, pick up on it. I mean, it is and one then of I those. Cried. It's, and I yeah. cried. I don't know. <laughs> but that, I think that's a valid, I think that's a valid point. Like, how do you, how do you ever bring those things up? Like when is ever the, the, the time to go? Hey, let's all talk about my tumor. Exactly. Hey, let's all talk about my cystic fibrosis. The, you know, there's, I don't think there, I don't think there's a, there's ever a time where it yeah. like, it just, it just, it, you just find ways to, I mean, I'm talking from my own personal experience. I, if I feel the need to talk about it, I, I, I choose the the crowd that I feel like, okay, will they respond and will they be down to like have a conversation about this? And then it just boils down to like, I th- you know I think I can weigh in on that a bit, and I might I might stumble through this a little bit because I'm still kind of constructing this thought. But um, so I I coach um, canoeing, and and when I first started coaching canoeing, I always told the athletes like I I or I, when I first started coaching canoeing, I really focused on like the physical performance, like the technique and in, in training, the effort in training. But then I realized that like the more time I spent with the the kids that I was coaching. I realized like, holy shit, there's so much more to this sport than just this time that we spend here in the water. Like these kids are human beings who are going on and having all these other factors that are affecting um, how they compete and train and, and, and perform as athletes. So I started to be more, um, more, more like open to telling them to speak to me if they ever have any problems with like outside of the sport in their lives. And, whatever. And I, I really encouraged um, them to come and see me if they needed some, if they needed something like emotionally or mentally. And since then, like nobody will ever, nobody will ever bring up something in conversation. Like we won't be talking about paddling and then they'll say, Oh, by the way, I'm dealing with this situation with a boyfriend or girlfriend at home and blah, blah, blah. Um, they always, they'll, what they'll do is they'll, they'll send me a text or they'll call me and they'll say, Hey, um, we're not talking about anything right now, but I need, I need you to put aside 15 minutes or half an hour, an hour tomorrow, because I have something on my mind that I want to talk to you about. And that's, that's to me, like w- how these conversations can happen. And I think to tidy this up for, for the podcast, cause I was really just working through that. I think that the, the best way and being a healthy person, it's maybe harder for me to understand, but I think the best way for you to bring it up is not bring it up in a conversation that's happening. If you're out somewhere with your friends and you're an enjoy, you're enjoying a moment and things are going really well, then you don't need to talk about that, right? Like you're living in the moment, you're enjoying it. But but it, but it also depends, right? It's very dependent on the situation. So so if you're sitting in that moment though and you're watching like a, a hockey game on TV and you're enjoying it, uh, everybody's enjoying it, but you're just feeling down because something else is on your mind, then. I don't think it's weird to bring that up. I don't like yeah. you should be able to say if we're all sitting here having a, a, a great time, but you're feeling down, you should be able to feel comfortable saying, Hey guys, like 
I I don't know what it is right now, but I just can't I I'm I'm I can't get into this right now because I'm dealing with this. And then if you talk about that, and maybe it would be a downer for a, a couple minutes, but I I can guarantee you that if you did talk about that, and you were and everybody kind of openly discussed it for maybe even five minutes, it might only take five minutes. Unless then, you unless you hang out with a bunch of assholles, you know what I mean? Like you know, but then they're not the, really your friends. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is that like those people are the people that you want to spend time with? Those are the people that you and maybe hang out and with. I don't even know if that whole section is is no. I think it's super valid. I yeah. think it's super valid. And I think another thing too is, and I don't know if you if you were talking, uh, Bowie. I don't know if you were talking about specifically like looking to talk about it in a way for like therapeutic purposes to like. I guess share like hardships or, or whatever, or if you just meant like casually just talking about it. Yeah. But one of my like favorite segues to ever talking about something that might have nothing to do with anything specifically due to illness is always starting it with guys want to hear something crazy. Every time you do that, everybody is always like, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and they're like, they're already, you got them. Like they're roped in. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. And then you fucking go in with it like, yo, my lung function is lower than I thought it was. Like, <laughs> but Dude, I'm really? still okay. It's, I'm still mild. Like, you know, like it was one of the, that, like mild, that's a perfect example. A mild yeah. fatal disease. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny because you say that now, but I can, I can hear you so vividly saying that so many times. So before. many times. So many oh, times. Yeah. It's, so a, many it's times. a perfect way to rope people into a conversation that might have nothing to do with anything in that that's relevant to that moment right but that's the thing about conversations it's like how the flying fuck did we go from talking about pituitary uh, tumors to facebook memories you know <laughs> it's like it, it's 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 and trump you can and trump yeah exactly like you can go to these places so so easily and yeah. so you know so quickly and i think that's a good question to to ask ourselves all the time i think that's a really good question to ask ourselves yeah. like how can i talk about the things that i find hard to talk about yeah and not just for me i i'm totally comfortable talking about it i love when people ask me but i find people don't know what to say people don't know what to ask they'll be like oh how's like how's that thing that you're dealing with like yeah. everything's just so vague it's like oh like how how are you and you're like well i'm i'm good and then yeah but how are you Man, the best with, with air, air quotations. Yeah. Yeah, dude, the best you? thing when somebody asks you a really, if, if like if you really want it, if you if you want to engage in a in a really quality conversation with someone, and they and all they say to you is how are you, the best thing is just to get super vivid and detailed about how you're doing. <laughs> so and just fucking, how, so yeah, how are things? Well, actually, they're great. I this is what I did the other day when I went to this place and did all these things, and uh, you know, on the way home from there, I did all that and just. Get really get into it because then they'll embrace that and they will share. Because there's back no to time for small right. talk. <laughs> um, but hey, let's compare it to this. So, you guys like often travel. When you, mm -hmm. how often do people ask you about your traveling experiences, or how do they ask about it? Do they just say like, "Oh, like, how was how your was, trip? How was your trip?" And that's it. It's yeah. How was your people, trip? People want to like, hear these awesome stories. They want you to tell specific things, but they don't know what to ask. They're like, "How was your trip?" Similar, like, "Oh, like how are you feeling?" Yeah. I, don't, I don't know specifics about what to ask oh, about. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was yeah. great. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Right, well, right, that's right, the right, thing. Right. Is really, you have these kick-ass stories you want to tell, but you yeah. don't know how. Totally. Well, this is yeah. the thing is that like, I think people mistake, uh, subconsciously, I think people mistake questions like that. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling? How's that thing you're dealing with? How was your trip? People mistake those as seeds to plant for a conversation to flourish. 
those are the seeds. The seeds right, are exactly. the are you know are the the seeds are the beginnings of stories. Like that's where that's that's right. where conversation comes from because. You know, it's not, and it's not like one-upmanship, but that's where how people can relate to each other yeah. and say, "Oh, you've experienced that. Well, that's I've experienced this." And, and it's like the the way you know, if you come, if you were to ask, if you were to get back from a trip, I'd be like, "Dude, New Zealand. Like, what were the mountains like? What were like? What were the green? What was the mm-hmm. scenery like? Like, because I'm a traveler, so I right. would ask you that. Just the same way that I'm a person who talks about illness. So if someone brought to, brought to me an illness, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, how are you?" I would I would say oh well like tell me about it to what what how has it affected you like what kind of like do, what kind of meds like is there side effects to your med? like I would go more in depth and I think I think the people who have who are like you or me or anybody who's in this room if you're the one who feels like you want to have those conversations but you're all you're getting are those are those like super those, superficial those seedless seeds it, it, it the onus is on you to be like. All right, let's let's take this fucking conversation because it's got to get started. But it has to be started from one side of the one end of the mm-hmm. table. Um, a question that I have uh, that kind of came up there when you were talking about that last segment about you know talking about it and trying to figure out how to how to how to do that. Um, do you feel that there is any that there is not enough importance at any time, or have you had an experience where there, you didn't feel like your tumor was given as much importance as you feel like it needs to, or your struggle because it's not cancerous. Do you feel like anybody brushes your struggle off because you didn't get a cancerous tumor that is like you could die from this because it's cancerous? I mean, full disclosure, when you said benign uh, at minute, I think four and a half of the, <laughs> of the recording today, I, I essentially was like, well, pff, this fucking show is over. <laughs> um, but clearly that wasn't the case. Well, because there's a lot of things that a tumor and just a mass being uh, on a yeah. on a gland, and obviously there, and we're going through this conversation. There's a struggle. There's emotional issues because of the meds that you take, or the way that the tumor presses on the on your gland, and all these all these side effects of the tumor and the medicate the subsequent med- medication. Yeah, do you think that anybody doesn't give as a, 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 as much credence to your struggle? Just because of that, that mm. it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, I got to go in and get chemo and I got to shrink this thing. And like, man, I hope I can beat it and have that more like pop culture cancer or tumor situation. I want to, I want to add a second part to that too and say, and just add to, has it ever been you yourself who has thought that about yourself? Oh, Brian, you hit me in the feels. <laughs> Uh, well, do you guys want to hear something crazy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Next one. Thanks, Jer. Um, it's funny that you said that, Brian, because often I'm the one who downplays it. People will ask me like, oh my God, like you have this crazy, like pituitary tumor. Most people don't know anything about it. It sounds like this crazy disease and I'm the one who always downplays it. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. I just take like a pill in the morning and a pill at night and I'm good to go. Like, right. That's, that's it. That's me. But you're not really good to go. Well, you are, but I am, well, but there's but so I'm much not. more. Yeah. Well, I think what you meant there to like, just to elaborate on that, it, do you feel like you're playing it down is not, is, is not true? I don't know. Like it's like, is that some sort of coping mechanism for yourself? Could be. Is that what you think? Well, and also like I, I hate making the people around me feel uncomfortable. Right. Um, which is probably why I don't, just go into the crazy details of my hormone levels and shit like that. So 
for me, people ask me how I'm doing and they say like, how is it or whatever, instead of them saying, oh, like you just have a t- like a benign tumor, like it's no big deal. It's me, the one that says, man, like it's, it's fine. Like it's no big deal. I'm just the same. All I do is take reverse med. stigma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting to the meat of it. Yeah. We're really Psychology. digging in there now. <laughs> just lay on this bed, lay on this bed and we'll just ask you a few more <laughs> questions. Yes. <laughs> Do you like, do you feel, do you feel like you would like to share that kind of stuff more, like more openly? I do, but I don't even know what I would, I would, I would share. I feel like there really isn't, really isn't that much more meat. It's, we just spent an hour and you told us a whole bunch of shit. That's true. Right. And so how many people have you told, well, I take testosterone now and it's totally fucking with my mood. Like the other day, Brittany was sitting on a chair with her leg crossed and I was like what the fuck are you doing Brittany <laughs> and we almost broke up because of it like you know what I mean like you, you I mean essentially that's what you did here today with yeah. us but but is that something that you avoid in a conversation with someone else because you don't want them to feel because I can I yeah. can almost guarantee you that yes maybe there are some people that will hear that and they'll get uncomfortable and they won't want to actually go there because they're not comfortable with with facing the realities of illness themselves. Right. But I bet you most of the people in your life that care about you will want to engage in that conversation. Totally. Because A, it's interesting. B, clearly if you if you want to talk about it, that's something that you want to like share and talk about. And people who are caring individuals about the people in their lives, they want to offer an ear to, you know, to listen with or offer a shoulder to cry on or, you know, whatever. Right. And um, dude, like the, my relationships with, with Taylor and Jeremy is based off of me understanding, like understanding each of them inside and out, like yeah. being authentic mm, with, yeah. with one another and really and inside. And I just know, ta- I know what the inside of his asshole deep, looks deep. Oh, and tastes like. <laughs> oh God. Whoa. 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 Well, well, the asshole wait, thing, wait, wait. I, w- I was with you cause I, we <laughs> literally saw within the void of Taylor's butthole. <laughs> Like a couple of days ago, when, <laughs> on the on the show, but uh, but the the taste thing, you but, lost me. There. But but seriously though, seriously, like like if if I didn't feel like I if I felt like you guys were withholding something for me, or if or if I found out years or months down the road that you were dealing with something that you didn't feel comfortable telling me, I would be I would be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I totally agree with you, right? And I think that that's a there, there's a good point there. It's, I, it's, I could go into the vulnerability and trust thing too, but we'll save yeah. that for another day. Trust yeah. circle. Already been we'll done. just take a picture of it and on, on, from your cursive writing wall and we'll put it on Instagram or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. I hope you, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm rooting for you to like be able to find the way to, to ask people like, Hey, you want to hear something crazy and see what yeah. comes of that. I'm excited to use that now. Yeah. 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 Cause I think it's, I don't know. It's a good launch. It's a good launch point yeah. at least. When Taylor Taylor wrote that article about um, uh, no small talk, no time for small talk, and uh, talked about the question about what's the craziest thing. I love that article, that, by the yeah, way. Just, yeah. I just need to throw that out there. Thanks. I, like after reading. If you've never read, read it, go to our website, www.sickboypodcast.com slash blog, and you can find it there. Yeah, it's after, one of the early early ones. After after reading that, um, I actually went out and started asking those questions like that. Actually, on a regular basis, that helped my dating life. <laughs> that helped, like, like, yeah, not even kidding. Like, my Tinder game went up ten points that day after reading that. 
Dude, it's and it's the, you know what it's the best for? It's the best for weddings. When you oh, go to a yeah. wedding, it's just yes. like a bunch of like a bunch uh, of people you don't know. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? It's like, well, I mean, you know, I, I love what I do. Not everyone loves what they do. So for the a lot of times, I don't want to hear what you do. Because <laughs> if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. Why don't you just give us a quick little <laughs> a quick little rundown on what that was for the people that don't know? Oh well, uh, basically it was like, you know, we are Someone actually shared this because oh, almost a year ago today. Basically, it was a. Just tell the story about the about the guy. So, I I spent some time um, uh, with a girl at a at a conference and uh, fuck, what was her name? Su- uh, Suzanne. Um, what's her name? Uh, Somerville. No, not Somerville. With the Lulu girl, she she works a lot with Lulu. She does I goal you. Uh, Suzanne Sarandon. No. Uh, anyway, Sharon, I can't remember her last name right now. She's a she she runs a company called I Goal You, which is a goal coaching company and kind of like reaching your potential and uh, and goal setting and stuff like that. It's a really 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 intense woman and awesome, super high energy. Uh, and it turned me into someone who really did couldn't give less of a shit about goal setting into someone who was like, oh my god, goal setting is actually super important um, in the matter of like a day. And Suzanne Conrad. Suzanne Conrad. That's right. And uh, she, she, when she gave this presentation, she was like, well, we have this, we have, we are such crazy, unique people. We have a totally different experience, a totally, a totally unique outlook on life. Everything that we experience is unique to us, how we make it, how we feel about it and all these things. Yet when we meet people, we, we give people our first impression is the most bland version of ourselves. What do you do? Weather's really nice. Oh yeah, sunshine's great. I do this and yeah, just like boring, superficial shit. Where and I was on the I was on a chairlift one day uh, in Utah and I sat down next to this old guy, and uh, he just he just sat down next to me and he said, "What's the craziest thing you've ever done in your life?" I was like, "Hey, I'm Taylor." He said, "I hey, I'm Bob or whatever his name was." And what's the craziest thing you've ever done in your life? And I was like, "Whoa, whoa." Um, she's man, I don't know. Uh, and I proceeded to tell him, uh, you know, whatever it was at that time, that was the craziest thing. And he was like, Oh, well, what do you, well, what do you think's better? Snow? Like, I think I said snowboarding. I think I, I think I said, this is the best thing I've ever done being on this hill right now, snowboarding powder, having an amazing time. And he said, what do you like more snowboarding or sex? And I was like, whoa, we're really diving yeah, in now. Yeah, I was had a talk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, we proceeded to have this crazy conversation where then we started. And there was two other old people that were not that type of old person. And we and I was like, oh, well, an orgasm is an orgasm is is such a short experience in snowboarding. I can do it all day. And like, and, you know, we started talking about having sex and like where we've been snowboarding around the world and traveling and like what it's like to, to be older. And then we spent some time together and went down the, the run a few times and had more conversations. And like, that was meeting a friend. That was him trying to get the most important information that he could, that gives him the best idea of who I am and who he's meeting. Mm. And getting down to the meat of what like our life really is, because our life, in a lot of ways, isn't, you know, how fucking sunny the, how fucking sunny or cloudy it is outside, or, or, uh, you know, how good I slept last night, or, yeah, or, whatever, or, or the, or the trivial, job that I do, whatever trivial shit that, yeah, people, um, like people take, uh, flying for granted, like flying in economy and and sitting next to someone, like. 
people hate talking to the people next to them on the plane and they hate when they have to sit by people on the planes. Like some assholes even recline their seats on planes. But I prefer to keep don't even prefer to keep the back of my seat straight up because I like to talk to the person next to me and you can still do that when the, your seats reclined. That's not, not off sleeping. the table. Not if, if you're, you're sleeping, if you really you want don't to, have to go to sleep to recline your yeah. goddamn chair, Brian. <laughs> I'm gonna anyway. put a pause right here. If you really want to hear the rest of that argument, go to our Patreon. Uh, that's a Patreon exclusive right there. Uh, whether or not you should recline anyway, your chairs on fucking uh, planes, dude. I, like that Taylor's writing in that article actually changed. The way that I live my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and that that Bob or whatever his name was, he has no idea the impact he's made on so many people through you, through this podcast. Yeah, through, exactly. Through yeah, that's that's you, that guy right? on that chairlift. Yeah. Because when someone asks you that question and you're opened up to the to the fact that, whoa, he asked me that question. I had to think I didn't just give you like, you know, he, he asked me that question. I, I went, yeah, give me a minute. And he's like, yeah, OK. <laughs> like you know it, it didn't have to be this uninterrupted stream of 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 nonsense i've got a question how badly did you not want to get off the chairlift once it got to the top of the hill oh my yeah. god we were you we know were, what i mean like how badly did you want to be like ah, i want to keep fucking just keep hanging out and talking to you well the great thing about being on a chairlift is that once you get off of it you can go have the time of your life and get get on it again did, so did you ski with him yeah that day? totally like, yeah you, you just snowboarded with him yeah we snowboarded for probably about a half hour after that oh that's awesome he was skiing i was snowboarding yeah, yeah. and uh we went down He's an old man he doesn't Snowboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is too hip for my hips can't take it. Um, he, he was uh, yeah. We we snowboarded and then you know and that there's something you know if you're a snowboarder or skier you understand there's something in that going down and being together. It's like going to a movie with someone. You're at the movie together. You're not talking. You you know or going to yoga with somebody. You don't you don't talk really when you're doing those things. You don't interact. But there's something about sharing that experience when you're on the when you're on the uh, when you're on a ski hill and you're going down. Being with somebody and just almost like making eye contact with them at one point and going, yeah, we're in this together. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? This is the best. This is what I'm meant to feel always. This is this is life. And then getting to the bottom and being able to talk about that. Dude, that was fucking amazing. And what that brings up and the stories and the camaraderie Mm -hmm. and like it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bob was a good guy. Don't know if his name was Bob. Can't thank remember. you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Wherever, we wherever all thank you are. You. Yeah, thank you so much. And then you might go on and then make that a part of something that you bring up when you feel like things are real, real bland. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? Yeah. What's the coolest experience you've ever had? Yeah. What's the craziest place you've fucked? Yeah, yeah. I love that's my favorite question. Where's the what's the nicest country you've ever been to? Yeah. Like those types of questions that people have to go, oh man, that's a Wow, that's a good question. What's um, the most immense pain you've ever felt? Yeah. What's the scariest oh, thing that one. ever it happened in your one. life? What's the most life-changing thing that's ever happened? Yeah. To you? What is Bowie, what is the most Im- immense pain you've ever felt in your oh, life? Oh shit. Um, either being a kid and slamming my hand in the car door. Because that like, that door is so heavy when you're just a child. My brother did that too. Yeah, and that oh. was that was so bad. But that or uh honestly, the like some of these headaches have just been so bad. It's like, what do you what do you do for them? Like, do you do 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 you have nothing. any like crazy drugs for it? Like tea, tea, honestly, or when like I that? no, I I drink like lemon water. I'll just like chug water. Yeah, and are they and, ins- are they daily? Uh, not anymore. Um, now it's probably about like once a month. I get a crazy crit hit, and like 
when I get these headaches, my nose just starts to run like crazy. I don't know if it's like a oh, common thing trippy. with headaches, but like for me, if my nose starts running like randomly and I'm not sick, I'm like, all right, like I know it's coming. It's coming. Dude. And maybe, I just start. Yeah. Maybe it's the tumor melting out of your nose. That's my theory. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> that must be that, true. Yeah, I think must that's a hundred percent. Well, true. if it's losing, <laughs> hey, well, if it's, if it's losing size, it, that's it's got to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. You Which heard is, it here, like, folks. Uh, Sick Boy Podcast. We just figured it medical out. Medical breakthrough. Uh, first nose medical. is running. It's a tumor. You have a tumor. <laughs> Everybody take a drink. But it's okay. You don't have to go to the doctor because it's obviously leaving you. <laughs> <laughs> no, on that note, though, these headaches, uh, it, just to go through the pain, it's you. sometimes when you have a really bad he- headache, you just want to go lay in the dark. But what if you can't put your head down? What if it hurts to put your head down, even yeah. on something soft like a pillow? Yeah. Or when you try and sit up because that hurts, just the motion of sitting up is just too much. Like, what's like yeah, so, so what do you do? Like, it's, I, you must feel so helpless. It's exactly that. You're just so helpless. And honestly, I go through my like, like little checklist. Like, have I had coffee yet today? Like, yeah. Have I eaten recently? Have I had much water? Like, am I tired? And if all those things like are normal, then I'm like, well, like... It's the tumor. Just... Buckle in and Man, dude, see, like wait. That, I I experienced something very similar to that a couple of weeks ago. Is my wife and I? Uh, it, we had our our fifth wedding anniversary, and I drove to PEI to spend the night with her. And I was going to come back the next day. And we had all these plans, right? We were like going to do all these things. We we're going to go to the beach, like hang out and go for a walk, take the dog out. We we're going to watch binge watch a whole bunch of Stranger Things and then go for oh. lobster di- or steak dinner. And we get there and. Before we could get to any of that, we like started to get Stranger Things going, and I started having these like crazy stomach pains, and they happen every once in a while. And usually, it's because I've either missed pills, like my digestive enzymes, or or it's because I've taken my enzymes, but they've already been activated through heat, whether I left them in the car or something like that. So I'm not allowed to do. I'm not supposed to do that. And when these pain, like when this pain comes on. It is that it's the it's it's so immense and so all encompassing that it doesn't matter what the like I'll torque my body and like twist and like it's but thankfully it comes and goes in waves right yeah. but when it's when it's on it's on so like hardcore that I all I do is just like lay on the floor and make these noises and like t- like twist and like wind my body just trying to like find yeah it's the, crazy the, the and that's almost like that like helps. just distracting yourself these yeah. mo- like moving like that or screaming or whatever you're whatever. doing when this, in this pain it's not even helping it's almost no. just taking your mind off yeah right? or attempting to take your mind off do you, oh, man. do you ever do you ever smoke weed to, to get yeah. your shit right sometimes but uh it doesn't really help no no mm. yeah i find that sometimes it's hit or miss like if i'm sick if i'm sick if i'm feeling nauseous and it's like it's the property of of weed or marijuana, if we're going to be really technical, <laughs> cannabis, uh, to to do exactly that, to not take the pain away, but to distract your mind from focusing on it. And you get, I, f- I think that's what the property of, of of cannabis is to take your mind off of it. I think I think you might be wrong there. I think actually, like scientifically, like cannabis actually is a is a is a pain is killer. A pain is. managing. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've always thought of it differently. <clears throat> that's why it's the best for hangover. I think you think of it that way because I that's think, how you relate to it or feel to I it. Do, yeah, I, I do know someone who has it prescribed 
for pain for yeah, back pain specifically. Yeah. Okay. Um, was there anything on that? Anything else on that list you wanted to hit that you wanted to oh, touch yeah. on? Um, I, I want to throw this out to you guys. Um, in your opinion, do you guys think doctors are they when they diagnose you and they tell you like you have you have a pituitary tumor? Is it on them to explain what that is, or is it just their job to like tell you what you have and you have to go home and do your homework? Because that's one thing I've always struggled with, and I always listen. On Sick Boy, I'm like, well, did they research that, or did the doctors kind of like sit them down and talk to them, or is it kind of a bit of both? I th- personally, I think that it's it's inevitably it's going to be a bit of both. Yeah, right. Like, and you know, there's a doctor, a friend of mine, uh, Bear. I've mentioned him on the podcast before, and I want to get him on. And this is something I would actually love to talk to him about specifically, Garrett. If you're listening, we're gonna make it happen. Um, but the thing is, is that like doctors. I think the the reality of is it of it is that a doctor has a window of time to give to you, right, uh, Bowie, and then once that window of time is up, he has to fucking move on because there's another Bowie who needs that their own window of time. David, and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> David Bowie, really, that's right. Yeah, um, needs the time. Uh, God rest his soul. And so, in that window of time, I think that there's only so much that that person can offer, right? And I think you have doctors who are probably really good at utilizing that time and giving the information that needs to be had. And then the rest is kind of up to you. I mean, I I think also it's probably very specific because there's different, you know, people have different... um, It's different for me because like I have a clinic. I go to the clinic every three months and I can sit down and be like, hey, I'm here now, so I'm going to pick your ear for as long as I, I want. But I think in those like in those situations where you get like your situation that you go in, hey, this is what you have. Either they give you pamphlets or they actually give you like, here's the knowledge that I think is probably the most important for you to know right now going forward. The rest is kind of on you. It's kind of on you. It, a lot of that shit was up. On, it was up to me to look yeah. into CF and like find out. And to tell you the truth, this podcast was one of the was the catalyst for me learning about cystic fibrosis. Before we started recording this podcast, I didn't know shit. I didn't know jack shit. Uh, I think I think I think you're right, Jer. But I also think that there should never, ever, ever be an instance where a doctor just says, "Hey, this is what you have," bye. and that's it. Like, bye. Right. Totally. That, there should. But that's what I'm saying is it. that there's doctors Whether, that'll that'll utilize their time yeah. w- w- wisely, and then there's doctors, some doctors that just suck. And and so, I and I think. Personally, I think that the majority of the education should be focused on on what's happening for your situation and, and maybe not so much about like this is what's happening inside of your body. It should you should be be you should be educated about the procedures that they're taking. Like, hey, look, we're going to have to do this or we're going to have to give you these to, to combat this. I guess like I mean, you're taking these three different drugs right now. Right. Yeah. And and, you know why you're taking each one of those. Did you educate yourself on those or did the doctor tell you? A little bit of both. Yeah. 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 But I, I completely agree with what you said, Jer. I mean, I think it's something I never really thought about until I was in this position. And I always just thought like, yeah, you go to the doctor, they tell you what's wrong, they tell you how to fix it and they tell you everything and then you go home. But going through all this, I realized it's not that, but I've had, I've had this debate a few times, which is why I wanted to throw it to you guys. Mm. And I totally feel like totally you got to do your homework every time i go to the doctors now i'll bring i'll bring like a notepad and write down keywords that they're saying or 
things that I want to look up at home and make sure I understand. Because the other thing too is that just because, and we've learned this on this podcast, everybody who lives with a specific disease has their own unique experience to that disease. When Steph Streco came on this podcast, uh, uh, cystic fibrosis with a dash of nut cancer, that was the episode. And he was like, yeah, I take, uh, I take like, um, whatever, five ibuprofen a day. I remember being like, what the fuck? What you, why you take ibuprofen for CF? I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that ever. Right. Like that's, it's, it's, everybody is going to be treated specific to how the, their doctor or their team thinks that that person needs to be treated. And because there's probably so many different ways that we can be treated, how is your how is your doctor like you know they they can only know so much at the that given time based on what you are currently like going through or whatever totally. I don't, I don't and know. the time thing they only have so much time and they, yeah. only have so they much can time. only they yeah. can only give you so much information yeah. and exactly it's it's definitely it's definitely both i mean at the end of the day it's your illness exactly. it's not the doctors and it's like i know i have a doctor friend who he he does this stuff at our teacher training he goes yo i go in and I tell them, this is what you have, and this is what you should do to fix it. And you should do those things to fix it because I'm not going home and going, ow, my shoulder. You're going home and saying, ow, my shoulder. It doesn't matter to me if it gets better. I told you what it is. I told you how to, do, how to get better. That's it. It's not my shit You're an anymore. adult. You're an adult. Like the onus yeah. is on you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, it, yeah, it's like it's doing like both. Both. Somebody, somebody uh, tells you that uh, if, uh, if, if if somebody tells you, hey, like here's a car, you got to get an oil change to take care of it, and you don't get an oil change, and the car fucks up, then it's not the person no. who told you to get the oil change isn't gonna have to deal with that. No. You are so no, fucking get an oil change. Yeah, exactly. Go and go and take care of it yourself. I'll give you the I'll give you the tools to know that you should go and do this, and now it's yours. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like uh, I like throwing kind of throwing the questions back at us. It was really that's a really fun thing. That's we've never had anyone do that. That's I'm really the cool. first. Yeah, love Bingo. it. Fun. Uh, I we we're running we're running up on time. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to to? Yeah one one last note I want to touch on is uh, something I don't know where this habit came from, but when I was younger, I would always when I would have a cold, I'd be like, oh, like this cold sucks. Or like I would have like an injury from hockey or something and I'm like, man, this pain sucks. Like, what is it like to not have this pain? So eventually I came into the habit of when nothing was wrong, when I was completely healthy, just like take a moment and be like, wow, nothing's wrong. Like I'm not sick. I don't have a headache. Like everything, like no broken bones. Like this is what it's like just for those times when I'm wondering how, like, how does it feel to not Mm. have this? And like every once in a while, like months or years, however, I would just check in and be like, oh yeah, cool. Like everything's good. And last night when I was watching the hip concert, I was, it kind of hit me again. And I was like, oh yeah, like he's going through this. And like now, like right now, like nothing's good. And I was like, oh wait, like I I can't, I can't say that like ever again. And I'm glad that I took the opportunity when I was younger to just realize everything's good. Like while it was, and I just want, I guess, encourage the listeners like right now, if everything's good, if you're healthy, if you don't have any broken bones and you're feeling good, not a thing wrong. Like just, just recognize that moment and own it and just remember that for when things aren't mm. so good later on. Dude, that's, that's super I love powerful. That. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I, and, oh man, like whenever I feel sick, I always just wish that I would just not feel any, like just feel normal again. 
and I've never once taken the time to appreciate just feeling normal. Yeah, you never acknowledge. Oh, I feel normal. It's only mm. when you. It's only when you get when you get away from your normal or when you get away from your great that you're like, ah, oh. yeah. Yeah. Or when you're really, really high, like high, 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 like when things are really, really awesome, you, you owe, like I, I find personally when yeah. things are really great, I'm always in that moment, like going, Oh, remember this, like, this <laughs> yeah. is awesome. But when you're just baseline, yeah, baseline's pretty fucking awesome too. Yeah. And to take a it's second, great. actually like enjoy that. I think that's a, a really powerful message. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening to this right now and you're baseline, enjoy that shit. Fuck yeah. Own it. Fuck yeah. Uh, sweet man, Bowie. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Hey, no problem. Thanks this for was, having me, guys. This was yeah, great. This, sweet. this is a really fun conversation. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, uh, or if you didn't, go over to iTunes and um, and and give us a rating and a review and yeah. and subscribe too if you want. Uh, I'm assuming that if you made it all the way to the end, that you probably liked it enough to listen through to the end. Yeah. So if you did get this far, then just go rate it to just let us go know and that do you it. And if you if you're do already it. left, uh, if you're already one of the 300 plus people that have left a rating, uh, um, or if you've reviewed it already, uh, call someone out who you know who hasn't done it yet, um, and tell them to do it. Yeah, one friend. If one friend can do it, and just yeah. tag just us in that. Call them out on Facebook and tag us in that. And speaking of one friend, uh, everybody who listens to this podcast. Uh, you may or may not be aware. We do this on our own time, on our own dime. Ha, used it again. Uh, uh, and uh, and we we are looking to you, our listeners, for the support that we need to continue this um, uh, this this I think really important project that we that we've taken on. Uh, and so if if every single person who is listening to this right now went to Patreon and don't and decided to contribute at least one dollar. It would literally change everything. Everything. So uh, head on over to patreon.com slash sickboy and just check out the cool perks that go along with uh, becoming a, a patron. And um, and yeah, give us give us some give us some support. Show us show us your love um, because we love you. I think that's it for today. That's uh, that's great. That's everything for today. I'm Brian. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's wrap it up right there. I'm Taylor. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.